We have Dr. Seth Cooper, who's the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union, PAPU, and also the uh, chairperson of the Robben Island uh, uh, Museum. And he's going to be talking to us about the book on reconciliation that he feels we could read over this December holiday. Dr. Cooper, as always, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So, Dr. Cooper, you've chosen a great book and you've chosen an interesting section to read as well. Yes, I felt that it's very appropriate given all that we've been through in this last year and the terrible depredation uh, that we've been at. Mm. And I thought that uh, a little bit of reflection and a little bit of reality testing uh, is appropriate. Brilliant. So I'm going to hand over to you to read the part that you'd like to read, and then let's just talk about the book as well. Okay. This is the preface by Archbishop Desmond Tutu, written in 1996 when he presided over the first round of hearings of the TRC. He says, We thought we knew the extent of suffering that our people underwent during the dark days of apartheid's repression. But most of us have been quite devastated by the depth of depravity and evil which has been revealed in testimony after testimony. By rights, the stuffing should have been knocked out of our people by the atrocities committed against them. And yet it has not been so. We have been humbled and deeply touched by the nobility and generosity of spirit of those who, despite so much pain and anguish, have amazed the world by their willingness to forgive the perpetrators of all these dastardly deeds of darkness. Constantly, in the difficult days of our struggle against apartheid, I used to say that the black consciousness movement was surely of God. You see, the most awful aspect of oppression and injustice was not the untold suffering it visited on its victims and survivors, ghastly as that turned out to be, as the testimony we have been hearing attests. No, it was the fact that apartheid could, through its treatment of God's children, actually make many of them doubt whether they were indeed God's children. That I have described as almost the ultimate blasphemy. Black consciousness sought to awaken in us the sense of our infinite value and worth in the sight of God because we were all created in God's image so that our worth is intrinsic to who we are and not dependent on biological irrelevancies such as ethnicity, skin color or race. Black consciousness helped to exorcise the horrible demons of self-hatred and self-contempt that made blacks suck up to whites while treating fellow blacks as the scum they thought themselves to be. Black consciousness aroused in us the knowledge of our share in what St. Paul called the glorious liberty of the children of God, urging us to enter into that splendid heritage how deeply indebted we are to Steve. We give thanks to God for him. Reconciliation needed black consciousness to succeed because reconciliation is a deeply personal thing happening between those who acknowledge their unique personhood and who have it acknowledged by others. But I think black consciousness has in fact not quite completed its task. So-called black-on-black violence would not have occurred 
had we said that we respected one another and would not permit anyone, for whatever reason and whatever the reward, to manipulate us or inveigle us into slaughtering one another, as happened just before our historic elections on April 27, 1994. Particularly in KwaZulu-Natal, where violence has become so tragically endemic, we would have said that each of us is too precious to become a pawn in a bloody game. It is good that there is this new addition to enable us to savor the inspired words of Steve Biko. Perhaps it could just spark a black renaissance. Sure. And that, of course, is the preface to the 1996 uh, issue of I Write What I Like by Steve Biko and written by Archbishop Tutu. Wow, Dr. Cooper, I think you mentioned the word reflection a little earlier. And I I think that that's a very powerful word right now, reflection in relation to reconciliation, but also reflection in terms of the fact that we have a little bit of time always over this season, if we're lucky, to maybe reflect. What does that mean for you? It means we need to constantly think about that which we do unto others and expect that what we do unto others will be done unto us. And I'm, I'm not religious, but I think these kinds of periods give us the opportunity to think about what we could have done right, what we should do right, because ultimately we have to confront ourselves. We don't confront the other who is responsible for any demeaning act or the other whom we demean in turn. Mm. We have to confront ourselves. And if we don't have that insight, if we don't have that ability to think about what we have done, even if it's just a moment away, then we're going to suffer, as Shakespeare called it, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortunes. And what a great, <laughs> what a great uh, quote to go to in relation to this, Dr. Cooper. Wow, um, you know when we talk about reflection, you, you mentioned upfront all that we have been through in year 2023, and one of our listeners just uh, sent us a WhatsApp message to say, "Yes, this year has been such a difficult year." So even the song by Sting, "Fragile," seems appropriate because it's been such a tough year. So when you talk about this year that is not over yet, and in fact every day something new gets like thrown into the pot, the boiling, troiling pot of, of, of difficulty, challenge, and sometimes even evil, it does, I suppose, give us space or give us, force us to say, let's just look at the silence and the pause in order to to really address this with with courage. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. And, you know, from uh, the second week of December to the first week of January, everything goes on a slow-mo, if you like. Mm. Everything, uh, even though we still get shocked by some of the news that occurs around us and we are... uh, are inexorably impacted by 
in wars all over mm. uh, and in the wars amongst ourselves, the wars internally that we haven't confronted. I think this period is a time of reflection, of deep introspection so that we can emerge from this festive period nourished, self-nourished, and nourish those around us. If we don't do that, we fail ourselves. We fail those who rely on us because next year is going to be a very, very tough one. Uh, it's crazy season. I know as a psychologist, I shouldn't use that word, but uh, it's a season where uh, the self-important will again impose themselves on our sensibilities, when the self-seeking will try to get our votes, when all sorts of accusations and counter-accusations are going to be made, and ethics will go to an even lower level. That At that moment, we need to stand up for ourselves and say, not in my name, not in anybody's name, should we allow that type of person to continue. Oh, Dr. Cooper, a little earlier on in the show, I was saying um, that I, I feel like I need to strengthen my core for next year. And <laughs> I mean, physic, you know, the physical sort of ramifications yeah, of that sure. would be doing push-ups and sit-ups and whatever. But I do have a strong sense that in order to protect both myself, but also enable to position myself in a way that is valuable to uh, my community and that I need to have a very, very strong core. You talk about introspection. How, how do we use introspection? A weird question, I know, but how, does it, how do we practice that? Well, uh, let, let me just quote from uh, uh, Steve Biko. He says, a people without a positive history is like a vehicle without an engine. Their emotions cannot be easily controlled and channeled in a recognizable direction. They always live in the shadow of a more successful society. And th uh, just thinking about the Day of Reconciliation, you know, what it was called mm. before, uh, what it means now, uh, and some, sometimes the denialism is still there. So he says, hence in a country like ours, they are forced to celebrate holidays like Paul Kruger's Day, mm. all of which are occasions during which the humiliation of defeat is at once revived. Then he says uh, that there are certain characteristics we must not allow ourselves to lose. Their value can only be appreciated by those of us who have not as yet been made slaves to technology and the machine uh, uh, Michelle, now we've been taken over by online experts, all sorts of influencers, sometimes who don't think beyond their noses. Mm. And we get struck and post and repost all sorts of silliness and all sorts of dastardly thoughts and deeds. But we don't really look at our own condition and think about how it is we're going to rise above that. Because if we put our faith in those who will assail us with promises and give us hell on earth, we're going to be again bemoaning our own lot. 
Important in that is our sense of agency. You have agency. I have agency. We can have these conversations quietly in a way that doesn't injure the other person because those around us, we may think, understand, but sometimes they're looking for better understanding, making sense of their world. And it's up to those of us who have voice and agency to guide, to guide ourselves through those conversations with those who aren't able to really have them. Well, Dr. Cooper, I want to say thank you so much for making the time and what a wonderful uh, offering you gave us today, uh, reading from Archbishop Tutu's preface to I Write What I Like by Steve Beaker. And as you say, a time for introspection, a time for reflection, and a time to really strengthen oneself in preparation for 2024. Dr. Cooper, I wish you all the very best for this season for you too. And to you and all the listeners. Wonderful. Dr. Saths Cooper is the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union, PAPU, and he's also the chairperson of the Robben Island Museum.